These Republican states are passing these child labor laws. Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the glamorous daughter of Mike Huckabee. You may know her because her brother killed a dog. Um, yep. That governor, that very <laughs> beautiful and important and well-spoken governor, she's a governor of Arkansas. She recently passed a child labor law in the middle of, I mean, not quite in the middle of the night, she had children around while she was signing it. I mean, like, it's like yeah. Dickens, but in 2023. Yeah, we got to get the kids out of these uh, drag queen story hours and get them into the mines where their little fingers are able to get all the minerals in there. That's really what's going to protect makes kids. Cheetos. You know? Nobody makes Cheetos like a child. Yeah. You want your <laughs> Cheetos crafted by little fingers. Um, But so part of what's happening with these child labor is because the border – our southern border is the number one priority of the Republican Party. They don't really care about anything else, but they love, love to uh, jail Mexicans or anyone else coming from South America. Uh, they have the only people who really make it through who aren't deported are children. So these children then come and work in Cheeto factories because their families are starving to death and they have to send money home. So you have... And Hannah Dreyer in the New York Times did an incredible expose of this. You have 12-year-old kids working in vats of, you know, coughing because their lungs are covered in Cheeto dust, you know, getting their arms mangled, falling off roofs. I mean, just like you can't even fucking believe it. And these Republican governors are, are passing these laws basically in the dead of night because these companies are going to end up getting fined. And they don't want to pay the fines for all of these. I mean, that's the sort of that's what I think ultimately is what we're going to say. They're trying to frame it as a as a work shortage thing. And there's a few other states that are trying to push for this as well or have passed bills like this as well, all under the guise of, well, we've got this labor shortage and we just have to because there's nobody else who will take this job. No. There are plenty of people who would take that job if you paid them a living wage. Right. You don't want to do that. So your solution is we're going to employ kids at substandard pay just to keep these these factories going, keep these doors open, keep the lights on. So these companies can continue making gross amounts of profit and in some cases not pay any taxes on that profit. Right. It's ridiculous. As always, whenever we talk about like uh, migrant caravans or the – child separation policy or the horror show that's going on daily in the Southern United States border or these immigrant kids working in factories, always worth pointing out that a lot of these like immigrant, these uh, places where people are immigrating from are doing so specifically in reaction to policies that are put in place by the U S government in the first place, sanctions and coups and the, the um, massive amounts of destabilization that goes on in that region, which leads to these, uh, caravans right. in the first place and these things happening in the first place i always find that to, to be so so grotesque and kind of like kafkaesque right. the way that the u.s government uh creates these crises and then punishes the people that are fleeing from the the violence and the economic calamity yeah. that they themselves create and also i think it's important to mention that some of these people are environmental there be you know their yeah. crops are drying up because and of get ready for Valdez. way more of that I mean, over the next couple of years <clears throat> yeah. and decades right yeah they can't farm their families are starving because of the environmental waste that we in america ha- you know the plastic bottles of water the you know i mean that this is all us you know and china and 
you know, Europe. And so I do think this is, you know, no, it's completely unfair. And and the other thing is ultimately, like, there are many people who want to come to this country and work, but Republicans don't want to have, I mean, there's like not a path to citizenship right now, right? So they don't want to have, they don't, you know, they don't, they are incentivized not to solve this problem as well. So back to the correspondence dinner and Biden <laughs> reannouncing, yeah. you know, it, you, you said people were a little worried about how he would do. And I think that reflects not just uncertainty about his public persona and his ability to, to speak, but also how is he going to do in 2024? So he re- he announced he's running again last week. A lot of groups have already gotten behind him. You know, the same Dem groups are, are backing him already. But there's there seems to be, and even I, I went to one party this weekend, and the people I talked to, many of them, you know, very loud and proud Democrats, there's like a sense of unease. Like, yeah, he beat Trump the first time, but what is he going to run on? Can he Is he going to be effective just posing as the alternative, which is, you know, his go-to? Don't, you know, don't judge me against what the almighty judge me against the alternative or whatever his his, his line is. Um, It's like that, that there's an, uh, there's a sense of unease about how successful that will be as a strategy. So I'm wondering what you think his prospects look like, you know, very early on right now for 2024. Uh, So, okay. This is the thing. I think that a lot of people are having this conversation, uh, and I think you can't not have this conversation, right? I mean, the guy's 80 years old. Like, you can't, it, it's not fair to not have this conversation. And and I also think that, um, and look, should Diane Feinstein resign? Absolutely. She's 89 years old. She has no plans to come back. She's got shingles. Like, come on, man. It's, you know, it's time. But with, in this situation, I kind of think, and again, I, I we don't know what's going to happen, but it certainly seems like Trump is coming back. Right. It certainly seems like putting fingers is not. I mean, he's going to announce he's sitting on one hundred and ten million dollars and like three inch lifts. But ultimately, he is not a very charismatic politician. No, he's a dweeb. (laughs) Yeah. The thing that the thing that's funny about him is like, I think of like, he's probably a lot smarter than I mean, I think he's like not a. I think he's like a fascistic, I don't want to say fascist because everyone will get mad at me. I think he's got deeply fascistic tendencies. Might e- some might even say peccadillos, you know? Um, <laughs> but I, but I don't, I don't think that like, I think, you know, Trump is going to get in a debate with him and he's going to call him tiny D and he's going to be, and it's going to be over, you know, Meet tiny D, you eat your, Meatball Ron, you eat your pudding with your fingers. I think it's over. That atta- that attack um, ad was just devastating. Like it was really hard to watch that ad and think that there's any way that that DeSantis has even a remote chance of of moving past that. It, it was so what? good. Yeah, it was so good. It was it was like you were almost like you know. I mean, it was just it's so disgusting to eat pudding with your fingers. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> but like it is just like is he an animal? I mean. Like, it's pudding. Just wait. Thank you for listening to this sample of the Insurgents podcast. To hear the rest of this episode and for more bonus content, please subscribe at theinsurgents.substack.com.